0: Recorded live from Crimson Cowl Comics and Collectibles in West Bend, Wisconsin, this is the Crimson Cowl Comic Club Podcast.
1: Flame on! I'm Anthony. I'm David.
2: I'm Katie.
1: I'm Jim. And I'm Kurt's Dad. <laughs> Welcome to issue number 17 of the or Crimson... sometimes.
2: <laughs>
3: sometimes.
1: I like You'll the get anonymous. There. <laughs> well, because Kurt's
0: Dad sounds like a fictional uh, Marvel right. nation. Kurt's, Kurt's Dad. dad. Yeah.
1: Sounds like there's a Z in the middle somewhere in there. Kurt's Dad. Um, this is issue number 17 of the Crimson Co. Comic Club podcast in which we talk about our club-selected picks. Uh, This week we're going to be talking about Avengers No Surrender as we are on Chapter 8 of 16 for their uh, weekly event here. And then the back half of the show we go through around the table and non-spoilers talk about the books that we've been reading as well as talking about news related to comics and all that fun stuff. So we're going to kick it off with uh, spoilers for Avengers number 682. One Avenger will gamble everything to save thousands, and the odds aren't in his favor. The Challenger reveals his ace in the hole, and Jarvis awakens from a mysterious coma long enough to cry, four chilling words, it's all a lie. (laughs) Now, we ended uh, last week by uh, having the Clint and Red Wolf show up uh, to kind of intervene and save the day as we had, what, one of the Lethal Legion was about to...
3: Grab uh,
0: the...
1: Grab void Yeah, and it was,
0: uh, kind of like if you go back to the first issue of No Surrender, um, you got a lot of lightning, um, and kind of his take, he kind of was the one who narrated it and kind of led you through the book, um, is a lesser known character, and here again we have a lesser known character, um... And it's the kind of the same thing. Uh, so so it's kind of refreshing because instead of getting just the like the typical Avengers, whatever, you're getting some of these characters that you're less familiar with, and it gives you uh a little bit more of a of a knowledge of who this character is.
4: And I caught on to that too, and I last week it was um Captain Glory, yeah, who was kind of the narrator, and I believe it was the week before it was Rogue. Yeah, they've kinda... kind of kind of they taken turns.
1: And, uh, yeah, this story kicks off in the Valley of Doom in 1872, and apparently, uh, Red Wolf is a sheriff in this, uh, scenario. Um, as he begins his narration, it's something that is kind of seeded throughout the issue as we come back to later, but, um, it's basically, like, you know, at a cliff's edge and a gun is pointed at him, and, uh, um, yeah, so it's kind of the, with not knowing much about Red Wolf, we had kind of talked about that, that he was... What in the Occupy Avengers comic? Yeah, and
0: and I wasn't familiar with him, and I was thinking, well, he's like just a, a character, you know, a Native American character from Occupy Avengers. Uh, but after reading this, it dawned on me. Okay, this is probably one of those Old West characters um, that the Avengers have have run into in in some of their time travel escapades. Uh, Hawkeye has actually become friends with a few of those characters. Um, so. Not friends. Brothers. Yeah, well, uh, in this case, <laughs> brothers. They're
1: brothers, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So yeah, his narration was basically saying uh, words of his uh, advice from his mom of saying, you cannot take the path until you can see it. And that just opens up the, the little teaser as we jump back into uh, current time in New Mexico with, a, once again, just action all over the place, as you can see uh, across these two pages here. Um, but yeah, Except was, for Red Wolf, who's standing in the back saying, just look at this. Yeah, Just looking. <laughs> and uh, But yeah, everyone else is kind of squared off as uh, Clint has now entered uh, the battle. And we cut back to the Antarctic as well after we had seen a couple issues ago about Rogue taking out uh, Corvus Glaive, right? Mm-hmm. But didn't yep. you
3: know, yep.
0: it appears, because they're dragging him along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was course. actually surprised that they're dragging his body along rather than just leaving him there. Mm-hmm. But... Uh...
1: But yeah, we're just kind of catching up with everybody there, and uh, what do they? We go back to, oh yeah, they want to see what the status is with Voyager once again. So as they're kind of sitting there in the Antarctic, uh, we have was it Lightning decide to uh, go check? Is that right? Yep.
0: Yeah. Back to HQ. I get a little worried anytime that Lightning's going anywhere now because he always <laughs> arrives late. <laughs> um, and and we do see in this in this page too. Um, some of the effects of Rogue taking those powers is she always gets a little bit of memories, and sometimes she gets some personality traits, and they they are bleeding through a little bit.
1: Yeah, talking about feeling empty, and you know Hercules saying you know, that is the warrior's curse. Um, but yeah, that's when they decide that, uh, you know, because we were talking about Voyager a couple of weeks ago how. You could transport cool. a lot of people, but needing... Yeah. <laughs> <expecting> that <laughs> One of these times you're going to remember. I don't know why you don't. We're all wearing Voyager t-shirts around the stable, <laughs> it, Yeah, I've got Captain America. As a
0: <laughs> real veteran uh, reader here, you're know, reading longer than anybody you'd, You'd think that he would die. I would remember, but I...
2: <laughs> you can probably check the previous catalog. I thought I saw some on uh, New Voyager. Recording. Yeah,
1: yeah. Probably reprinting old stories yeah. and everything. Jack Kirby's. Um, but yeah, then we cut back to uh, the hospital where the ongoing investigation of uh, with Beast and uh, Nadia Pym here is they're investigating Jarvis. And we, we see a very uh, classic Beast flip. Which uh, was teased. If you follow the uh, Twitter accounts for uh, either myself or the Crimson Call, I had talked about this issue uh, being very good and worth the price just for the awesome Beast flip. And uh, David <laughs> yeah. chimed in with a I question
0: because I think that we, uh, I think we brought this up <laughs> last hair. week with the hair. Um, the the more recent uh, art, you know, uh, style for for Beast, you know, since dropping the the heavy cat influence on his look they went back to more of the way he used to look the big you know blue furry beast um but more recently they've done something different with the hair where he practically looks bald he's got the blue fur but it's so short he's got the, kind of this bald head look and i noticed last issue and it might have been the issue before that as well that suddenly he had the classic beast hair kind of that wolverine yeah. style hair um and now we're back to the Haircut and this a... issue again, we're right back to it's gone. So I don't know if it's... Well, it's he, not quite bald, but it's not quite the maybe, other... Maybe end. he goes through this, like, you know, daily shedding routine. I, I don't know. He just forgot
4: his jaw last week. And even
1: though we said it in the in the premise, but uh, maybe it's all a lie and it's all about Beast's hair, you know, so maybe that's what this really boils down to here. But yeah...
0: That's what's wrong with Jarvis. He's got hairballs.
1: <laughs> but we, we regret, but we regret. Um yeah, so they are talking about the things that they've ruled out in the past and they're talking about, you know, what the Avengers fever and all that, which by the way, David seems to be uh cured for the most part. Well,
0: yeah, it's not not uh back all the way and if I keep drinking fluids I get, you know, get better. And the more I talk, the worse it gets, but uh It
1: seems like your status is kind of going with Jarvis's pace right now. I don't once again. Oh,
0: yeah, I can get out about four words. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, they were talking about ruling out all these other things, but they never ruled out uh, what alien energies and uh, Beast, uh, pretty much, he, he asks and uh, very quickly takes a sample of her blood because he wants to create a, a vaccine to see what they're fighting well, on. alien
3: energies, but alien pathogens. Oh, okay. Quantum what it is. level. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So yeah, keyword being alien, as he says. So yeah, uh, doing some uh, blood testing there because he wants to uh, just kind of see if uh, if her if she's fighting off whatever's going on as well. And uh, that's when they get a quick sign that uh, Jarvis's vital signs are plummeting. Um, we'll cut back to some Red Wolf as he's uh, once again uh, narrating. But we're back in the middle of all the chaos in New Mexico and. Uh, we got uh, was it the metal master?
0: But but actually, and and he says, but it's or not, it's not Metal master. Chaos. It? It looks like it. yeah, but there's a pattern. But there's a pattern, yes. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, we get back to the battle here as everyone's just you know going back and forth and knocking each other out and saving each other from attacks. You know, just kind of swooping in, just a couple pages of that. Um, well,
3: he sees the Avengers fighting with a. Ferocity and desperation, while he sees the lethal legion fighting with a cunning, cool sort of approach to the fight.
1: Yeah, as Red Wolf just hangs back and just, just watching, just watching. Um, but then we cut back to that 1872 once again, as he's uh, squared off against that uh, uh, gun-wielding outlaw sort of yeah, person. kind of a no-name, <laughs> generic uh, outlaw. But yeah, and you see him kind of talking down, you know, the the person that's uh, pointing the gun at him as he's just uh Red Wolf is very calm, kind of like what he is in the the battlefield right now, just kind of assessing everything and uh we kind of see this uh gunman uh start to panic. Um as once again that uh jumping back into the action and this is when uh he starts to tell Hawkeye and this relates to what seeing a path uh, or not taking the path until you see it or something. As we, as Hawkeye kind of knows what he has to do here. And uh, coming from the guy who, you know, killed Bruce Banner through that, you know, making those hard decisions, but
0: knowing, you know. Yeah, and, and that will actually come up a few pages down the down the line here.
1: And Then as Jim has mentioned, the the brothers line is uh, dropped in there as uh, Red Wolf is uh, setting up Hawkeye there to kind of, uh create a a path for him uh we're cutting back and forth between that 1872 era as we see the current era and we have red wolf running towards there and as, as clint is uh setting up the path to uh what shoots uh shoots an arrow there to kind of distract him goes through those two brother characters uh the, the lethal legion right that's yeah. what they're from those yeah. two those two guys there, as Red wolf has now got a path clear to jump towards that uh pyramoid. and um uh, Sam kind of jumped in Sam Wilson just kind of you know wondering what the heck because you know, every time somebody does this, we've talked about the sacrifices mm-hmm. and people kind of like going in kind of knowing that you know they've they've seen it on all the different teams and yeah
0: and, and and there's a comment made in here too that um. That these other players, the other people in here, seem to know something about it that the Avengers don't know. Um, but when, when when I read that part, I thought it's a little confusing as to what they know because if you remember last issue, one of the one of those brothers, what did we just call him? Yeah. They, they were going to t- telekinetically throw him into one of these pyramids <laughs> so that they could win it. Um, you know that that team. And he was afraid. He didn't want to. It was like he thought that he was doomed if he, if he touched it. So maybe he wasn't in on the uh, the secret. But their comment kind of makes it seem as though these other teams maybe do know. Well, uh, in the first one where the one person got destroyed
3: um, from the... What was it? The Black Order got the first one?
1: I think so.
3: Um, they said, what well, was worth the sacrifice? Never. They're more in tune with, we have to get these, and if we have to sacrifice people to get them, big deal. That's no problem. Um, it's not so much that they know that actually they seem to be being teleported off to somewhere inside crystals, but, uh, but instead they're
0: just so concerned with getting the paramoids They don't care if they yeah. sacrifice their people. And, and they have other reasons. like we learned at the Lethal Legion, their motivation to get them is each one of these team players for the Lethal Legion were plucked, you know, from wherever they were, you know, just before being killed. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wow. And so they're they're told, you know, you come do this, you know, you get to if live. you win, great. If you don't, I just put you back where I got you, and you die. Yep.
3: And so they're not very concerned about, well, if we sacrifice someone else, and I'm not the one. Well, yeah, as long as we win, <laughs> you know, I don't really care.
4: Although these two brothers that were separated last week don't seem to be the smartest people. <laughs> no. Had, yeah, the not other the thing sure is, was they were separated too. by this, too. So mm-hmm. that may have been an issue why he was so upset compared uh, to the others.
1: Yeah, and red wolf is uh, once again referring back to his parents talking about how they taught him to look and how to see the the truth in people how to read it and it cuts back to that gunman, which is uh the gunman just kind of wondering like how did you know and uh and he said uh yeah. he he looked he he noticed that the the bullet wasn't in the chamber
0: yeah he you, you could see you know in these these old six shooter revolvers you know if you look at the front you can actually see if there's if, if there's bullets in. Them. Mm-hmm. And that's what he did is he was able to look and realize hey, this this gun isn't loaded. He can't shoot me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So. And then very uh, importantly saying if I die today it won't be from this and he kind of relates that to why he's chosen to you know he sees once again he sees something there and uh, as he's been looking the whole time and leaps towards that uh, pyramid and then you know poof basically. Um. Yeah, and then once again, Hawkeye just kind of defending it, and uh, once again uh, talking about the brother.
0: Yeah, because Sam's like, you know, what is wrong with you? You're so you're so willing to just sacrifice people, you know, like, you know, like, like he took out the Hulk, and now you're you're right. willing to sacrifice. But Hawkeye's right reply away. is,
3: "Well, my brother said he'd be fine. I trust him, and wherever he is now, he's with the torch." <laughs> so part of it was trying to figure out where the torch is too, and so <laughs> right. So
0: so Hawkeye has that that trust in him that a Red Wolf seems to have realized that whatever happens, he's not actually going to be killed by this thing, and he trusts
1: that. So. Yeah, and then we uh, cut back uh, to that uh, Grandmaster Cosmic Game Room with him and the Challenger, as uh, they've just been kind of going back and forth and talking about placing. The final pyramid, the decider, um, that they call it, and uh, this part gets real interesting because we kind of everywhere these pyramids were placed were kind of out in the open for a big battlefield, basically, and this one <laughs> connects us back to uh, Jarvis, back to the hospital, like literally right outside yeah, they the hospital. Like drop
0: room. it right in the middle of the ICU, mm-hmm. or there's doctors <laughs> and orderlies <laughs> and <laughs> just <laughs> everyone.
1: There's just...
0: Right, you know, right outside Jarvis's room. And this, this one is... Because uh, we talked about some of these elements and whatever. But this one is like the soul. Mm. The soul of magic. Of magic and spirit. Yeah.
1: And then uh, Beast has a nice line as he's watching all this happen outside the room. And it says, pierce my ears and call me drafty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's, that was kind of a crazy shocker there. And then that's what... Uh, Brings it back to, uh, as the Challenger has been teasing over these last couple issues and what Marvel's been teasing over the last couple months about uh, the return of this, you know, maybe this green-eyed beast-looking kind of guy who, you know, we might have a better idea who they've been teasing. I know it's yeah, been real subtle. we certainly <laughs> real had subtle. no
0: idea from all the uh, things flying around online and the uh, <laughs> solicitations <laughs> and, and, the, hand, the, and the new book that's coming up uh, and, and everything else.
1: Uh, but yeah, and as we see that um, we're cutting back, and this is when Jarvis uh, comes to and he says, it, "It's a lie! It's a lie!" and and screams it, and you know, uh, going back and forth, and that's when he starts to flatline again, and it's kind of coinciding with uh, this uh, green-eyed, uh, maybe like a like a rage hulking kind of. Uh, <laughs> Thing. You oh know, yeah. You know there I is I, I, like I, was, to... I
0: was certain this was gonna be Doomsday from DC. Buried under the rock. And throughout the course of this they showed these little shots of him breaking free. And uh I was like, oh yeah, yeah, Doomsday's coming. <laughs> but
1: instead it's Dr. Robert Bruce Banner, aka now the immortal Hulk. And with three writers of this book, um I am questioning the to be hulk Hulkinued. <laughs> at the end that's the best so uh,
3: no extra points for that
1: <laughs> yeah yeah that's, but uh, I think leading up to that uh, that final how uh, can you joke uh, everything else was pretty another action yep. like, there hasn't seemed to be any downtime. you know we'll get that for even though this isn't an event but a lot of events you know get a couple strong issues and then you'll have a couple middle dull issues as they're kind of saving the budget and moving the story along, and then, you know, end with a bang. But this has been pretty action-packed the whole time for the most part. We're halfway through. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But, yeah, and then at the back of each, uh, Avengers too, I mean, not only giving you a good story here, but then they give you just a lot of uh, just diving into their story and their ideas and how they come in this one, coming up with the idea of uh, calling them Pyramoids. And and they had joked about uh, that they're saying, well, because it was Jim Zub that mentioned, uh, it's like, well, they're pyramid-shaped, like four-sided die, and they're like, yeah, pyramoid, and then everyone's like, pyramoid, and they're like, or or whatever, and they kind of used it as a, a placeholder <laughs> yeah. term until they, it just went on too long. Until they came up some, with something like, better, which they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was time to write it, and they didn't have anything
0: better by that point.
1: So yeah, that's a little bonus, a little back matter that they have in, a, in each issue there, too, is just a little of the process of developing uh, the storyline, so
0: right, just kind of like you know, with uh, with three Davids fairly regularly at the club, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you know, we weren't sure what to call Kurt's dad, so we're like, uh, <laughs> Kurt's dad, <laughs> better than calling Pyramid, I guess. Yeah, that, I would not put up with it. <laughs> yes. no, so next week, you went, and I'm the Pyramid.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I think that'll wrap it up for uh, Avengers No Surrender Part 8. From issue number 682, we'll see you next week with 683. But first, on to the non-spoilers. Welcome to the non spoiler section, in which we go around the table and talk about the books that we enjoyed over the last uh, week or so. Uh, brand new from Dark Horse is a limited series. Uh, we have Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Season 11, Giles, Number 1. It's a lot of titles to uh, swallow there, but... Uh, Joss Whedon returns to the comic after uh, writing stuff uh, since like 2012, I think, and uh, co-writing with Erica Alexander with art by John Lamb. Uh, Over the course of uh, the Buffy comics, continuing off from the television show, I'll just uh, tease this. Something happened to Giles, Uh, Giles, who was Buffy's watcher uh, and vampire slayer trainer over the years. Something happened to Giles in which uh, a resurrection needed to be uh, occurring to bring him back, but he came back as a child. And so Giles, who was this uh, older man when he was uh, you know, working as the librarian in the school for uh, Sunnydale High, um, he's now, this story is focusing him kind of hiding out um, in a high school now as a student. So normally he was... The teacher and you know staff member, and of course you know any high school that is in a Buffy the Vampire Slayer type of world, there's stuff that's going on, and that's what kind of what they're dealing with here. Where Giles is kind of on the other side um, of the of the the system now, as he's a student and coming across a couple other uh, new characters into his life here, and he's he's really just trying to you know fit into this because while Buffy season eleven. Um, didn't have him in the storyline because they're dealing with much more uh, bigger things with uh, people of magic being uh, put into concentration camps and stuff like that. They were like, well, you're technically like a high school kid, so maybe you should, you know, they got him a fake ID and all that kind of stuff and kind of had him go hide out. But of course, he can't just have his own high school life. He has to run into some Um, mystical and demon supernatural otherworldly problems as they do but yeah it was a nice uh, uh, kickoff issue here I think it's going for four issues total which will lead right into uh, Buffy season 12 which I talked about the news on that last week on the show so yep if you're a Buffy fan uh, it's a fun Giles story co-written by the guy that created him Joss Whedon
0: all right, and, but you don't typically read Joss and stuff, so...
1: It's the first time, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I thought his name was Josh the whole time, but they must have misprinted in here, two S's. All
0: right. So, yeah, it's been a while since I brought a Superman book to the table. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, That's why i have I've shown some, some restraint. That's why you've been sick. Uh, you Got to yeah, talk about Superman yeah. more. Yeah, but, uh, but I have here Action Comics uh, 998. We're 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 getting kind of close to that big monumental issue 1000. Yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, this one is, uh, written by Dan Juergens, art by Will Conrad, color by Ivan Nunes. Is it, is it noon or Nunes? I guess it doesn't have a, a Z, so that's a Nunes. Um, but, uh, This is the the wrap-up of the Booster Shot storyline, which has featured uh, Booster Gold uh, helping uh, save time from the tampering, the unintentional tampering of Superman as he went back in time to witness, not interfere with, but witness the destruction of Krypton because he wanted to verify the story of Mr. Oz, that he was jor and that he had been saved um during the destruction so uh so he went back to time booster gold whose job is sort of a guardian of time um went to stop him because he was afraid that he would somehow alter time and uh what happened is they they ended up in this time splinter um where it was like a possible timeline, but hadn't uh, hadn't fully formed yet, and it was a timeline where uh, Krypton hadn't been destroyed. Um, so they uh, they dealt with that, and then get flung into the future, and um, just a lot of time travel shenanigans. So in the wrap up to it, um, they finally deal with all that, and they. Go back in their 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 own time, um, but before that, Booster does agree to take Superman back to witness and not interfere in any way with the destruction of Krypton. Um, they get him right there, so Superman gets to witness um, as his you know his parents their uh, their final moments as the uh, as the planet around them is destroyed. And I will not give it away, but um, <laughs> Superman does get to see whether or not Mister Oz is in fact his biological father, Jor El.
1: So, so very important issue is what you're probably.
0: Saying. So, if you've been following into the the Mister mm-hmm. Oz stuff and you're keeping up on any of the um, that uh, the Doomsday Clock related stuff um, like that, then yeah, this is. This is an issue because it, it gives you that verification as to whether he is or whether he's not. Who he's claiming to be. Or at least seems to think that he is. Is
4: this the issue that I've heard about where um, Booster actually acknowledges the
0: existence of the Marvel universes? Do what? It, it actually is, and that's a big thing. Now, that's wow. this is a re- reaction to um, to a Marvel comic which was infinity countdown countdown which one was it
1: it would have been prime
0: was it prime okay yeah. where um in there they hint at um that uh, marvel and dc share the same multiverse um they do this kind of in a they get around it by doing wrong colors but they have different versions of captain marvel one of those versions that you don't fully see in the colors reversed a little bit, but is DC's Captain Marvel, who's now just known as Shazam. (laughs) So basically it's saying, yes, the Shazam Captain Marvel is part of the multiverse. Um, so Booster makes a comment in here regarding, uh, um, I think it was, he calls Skeet's, uh, Alfred and, uh, makes a comment about it. And, um, so Booster's like, well, I can't call you Jarvis. That's a different timeline.
2: (laughs) So, um,
0: so it's kind of, uh, this, you know, they, they must've, this came out way too close to that other book, you know? So something, there must've been some communication. Somebody must've known that something was being said in one book to react to it in another book that was coming out Record, um, right, yeah. just a few weeks afterwards. Um, and these uh, the writers involved in both of those books have been back and forth, and both of them are completely up for doing uh, a Marvel-DC crossover, which we haven't had in years now. Um, in fact, I, I don't remember when the last one actually was. There were, there were a few in, like, the 90s, I was going to say that, probably that might the last be time. Uh, That yep. might be it. So it's been a long time mm-hmm. since uh, Marvel and DC have done anything. But, but yeah, this is the this is also the book where that is acknowledged. And as we're speaking of Skeets, there's another thing. If you're a Booster Gold fan, um, and you know he's got his little sidekick yep. robot Skeets, uh, there's a m- something major. Something major happens with Skeets in this book also. So, you're a fan of that. So everything's in there. (laughs) Might want to check out (laughs) all in twenty pages. Action Comics (laughs) nine ninety (laughs) eight. Um,
4: there was a Batman Daredevil crossover in ninety seven.
1: There was I know Superman and Silver Surfer. I think ninety seven. That sounds right too. They had a had a a crossover issue. Um. Katie, do you want to mention that Groovy book at all? You were talking about that beforehand. Just kind of curious what that is.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So um, this actually came in today. I haven't read it yet. It's called Groovy, uh, When Flower Power Bloomed in Pop Culture. And it's a kind of retrospective look at uh, pop culture and music and the design of the mid to late 1960s um it's a really nice hardcover book I'm super pumped about it because I love that music when I was younger like I found like the social changes that were going on and the aesthetic and the different designs just really interesting um so yeah like I found this tucked into some back pages in the previous catalog a couple months ago I'm like I have to have it and it's super cool like it's got bright colors and I'm just excited about it so I'll give you an update when I've read it but
0: actually came out uh, a couple of weeks ago, unfortunately, the one that uh, Katie had ordered came in damaged. We reordered Not so it. Nah. Yeah, and, uh... So couldn't dig it, um, cool. Yeah, there was, kind of, a, <laughs> there was a, kind of a chunk taken out of the, the front cover, so...
2: Well, thank you for reordering it. This one looks great. So.
0: Good, good. Um,
3: the Trifix. We had the first issue of the Trifix, um... All of the new comics that are coming out in the DC um, universe seem to be tied to metal. And this one is no exception to that rule. Um, For me, the reason to get this is just the team is kind of interesting. We have uh, Mr. Terrific, Metamorpho... Plastic Man, who has been an egg, but comes out of his egg in this particular yes. issue, so you will get to see Plastic Man released from his egg in the pages of the terrifics, and then Phantom Girl. Somehow she ends up <laughs> in the mix as well. Um, basically, we, you know, it, it takes us through. Um, Simon Stagg, if people who follow Metamorpho, Simon Stagg is the one who actually created Metamorpho originally and kind of a cruel experiment, and ever since has been not the nicest guy to Metamorpho. And so um, it opens up with him experimenting on Metamorpho to open up a portal to the Dark Verse. <laughs> and, um, and, and I'll leave the rest yeah. for people to find out. Mr. Terrific. Metamorpho and the Plastic Man Egg are sucked into the Darkverse. Um, and while they're there, they run across Phantom Girl. And so now the question is are they stuck
1: there? Will
3: they get back? Tune in to find out.
2: Hmm.
0: <laughs> so, so question I get asked is uh, a lot of these uh, new DC books that are spinning out of the pages of uh, metal. Um, a lot of people are commenting. We've commented it right from the start. You know, they got kind of a Marvel character vibe. You got Sideways, who has kind of a Spider-Man look, mm-hmm. and Damage, who, you know, everything about him just screams Hulk. A mm-hmm. uh, lot of comparisons with the Terrifics to the Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. and a lot of I've seen a lot of comments. Uh, Oh, hey, if Marvel's not going to have the Fantastic Four, that's fine, because now DC does. <laughs> so, terrific three. So, so no, there's four.
1: four. Yeah, oh, there's, there's four. There's,
0: there's four. Yep. Um, but we got to find a way to work it terrific. And, yeah. But, um,
4: Fantastic, terrific. So I'm just,
0: just curious, after reading the first issue, do you get like a Fantastic Four kind of vibe off of it after um, reading it, or not it is it really, something it's its own thing? Yeah, over. I think it's its own thing.
3: Um, here, the... I think here the continuation, all of the new books that are coming out are continuations from metal, but not always directly. This is the only one where somebody ends up going into the dark verse. So this is uh, kind of a break, even with the rest of them. I I know in sideways the concept is um, sideways was exposed to something when Gotham got hit by the dark verse. Yeah,
0: something to do with Challenger's Mountain. Right.
3: Um, And I don't know if damage was the same sort of thing or whether, uh, you
0: know, but damage I think was some sort of experiment or mm -hmm. or something going on. But it does involve one of the metals um, that I think they they used. So uh, I think they're mainly
3: just using um, Dark Knight's metal as a way to launch some new characters. And... And to bring back, you know, for the, the interesting thing for me about this particular comic is these characters haven't been in play much. And so we get to look at, we get a view of some characters who have been kind of in the background in the DC universe. Um, and most of these characters I really liked and I'm glad they're kind of bringing them into a new place. So um, that's kind of what caught my attention here.
4: This is the only one of those metal spin-offs that's the- using existing characters rather than... Yeah, the others
3: are um, all new. Um,
4: Yeah, they're 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 new. Um, The one that is pseudo in that group is Batman and the Signal, which I've been reading, and it's also a limited, I think, three issues is all they're planning.
0: Right, Um, because uh, because the Signal, he didn't have a name, he wasn't going by the Signal, but but he he had been around. He had been around, and and now they've
4: brought him into the Metal storyline, and given his
3: powers. Well, one of the things he's I can't tell it. about the Signal book, and maybe you're clearer than me, is it seems Signal is also set in some kind of alternate reality. It's not the... It's not cleanly in the DC continuity. I could be wrong. At least as I read it, it seems like... You no,
4: know, I believe he's part of the normal Batman... Main, mainstream Batman.
0: Um, maybe just the way that it's written, where it doesn't seem to tie directly to yeah. everything else that's going yeah. on. There,
4: there have been moments both in... Um, he, most of his, um, backstory came out of, when it was the backstory to, um, All-Star Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, be, both in that and in, in the, the main main Batman yeah. book, when they brought everybody together a few times, he's been in part of, you know, the Bat family,
0: so. And, and he has, he has a connection to the, the Immortals. Mm-hmm. The Immortals and, um, the metal background now. and Yeah,
4: so he, he ties, ties that in. Um. Uh, I'm a little disappointed they are canceling it after only three, or limiting it to only three issues right now, but I would like to see that develop, and there's a new character in there that, um, a daytime detective who seems interesting, who, um, Commissioner Gordon takes her off the night shift and puts her on the day shift to be his eyes and ears there, and, um, she's a Asian female detective with a cybernet, or not, I don't know if it's cybernetic, but, uh, Prosthetic arm. And she seems to be an interesting character to be counterpoint to Signal.
0: Yeah, where are you going with that? I'm thinking well, we've got all these, these Marvel related, so, Misty Knight. Well, I'm thinking Misty Knight. You know, we got the detective <laughs> with the cybernetic arm. Um, yeah, as, as far as the, the comparisons between Marvel and DC, it, it seems to be kind of a, a mix. Um, the reactions that I've heard damage, i sounds uh even before it came out sounded a lot like hulk yeah. the reaction from people who have read it seemed to think yeah it's pretty much dc's hulk um sideways is somewhere in the middle where it's its own thing but really does have a few comparisons to to spider man beyond the look um is a younger
1: you younger know, every, character
0: every man kind of character um and and stuff like that so so it seems to be kind of a a, a mix and i think it's really going to do be dependent on what the writers do with the characters. Mm. Sidewise, the first issue I found pretty interesting.
3: I'm, I'm willing to stick around and see what happens after the first issue. So,
1: Okay. Uh, moving over, uh, another limited series from Marvel, Lockjaw number 1. I think this one is four or five issues. Um, don't be fooled by the variant cover I bought, much like Eugenic with the sloth <laughs> on the cover. <laughs> Rocket and Baby Groot have nothing to do with this comic, though this <laughs> they should are. give yeah, them a team up It now. feels like they should. Yeah. But uh, Lockjaw, who is the teleporting dog of the inhuman royal family, um, <laughs> opens up with basically Black Bolt and Medusa kind of wondering, where does Lockjaw go sometimes? As you see him kind of staring off uh, uh, into space and then he just teleports and you know he comes back <laughs> later. But we see where he goes as he comes to Earth and... Uh, is kind of sniffing out uh, possibly some relatives of his, but there are some very interesting uh, guest starring characters that have nothing to do with like Inhumans and Lockjaw and all that stuff that are very surprising. Some characters that are kind of like you know backup characters in other Marvel books, um, but yeah, I just kind of leave that for a surprise because when I was reading, I was like, it's the least you know person you expect. Uh, and a lot of people might not even know who the character is, but, uh, very funny book and, uh, yeah, I liked it. And it might be a coincidence, um, but the writer, I believe this is his first, uh, written Marvel comic, and his name, I believe is Daniel, I think his first name, um, his last name is Kibblesmith. (laughs) A guy named Kibblesmith writing for uh, Lockjaw, that's good. good, that's good. Like so that. yeah, that's uh less that just his pen name, but uh yeah, Daniel uh Kibblesmith. <laughs> uh, pencils and Inks by Carlos Vila and uh, Roberto Paggy. Um so yeah, Lockjaw number one, It was uh, a fun and surprising comic.
0: You know, the more I look at that cover, the the more I want there to be a Lockjaw and Rocket Raccoon animated series. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs>
1: very very Warner Brothers cartoon. Yeah, yeah. I really does.
2: Good call.
1: Yeah, as they're trying to, you know, get reception off of uh, Lockjaw's antenna as Baby Groot's sitting down there with uh, some popcorn, popcorn, trying to, yeah.
2: I like that the popcorn's bigger than he. Watching the test yeah. pattern. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like I said, I saw
1: there's a variant cover. I didn't expect them to be in it, and that's the only spoiler I'll give, is that if you're buying it for Rocket and Groot... Don't nowhere. do that. Nope. <laughs> Buy it for Lockjaw, the name of the title, because it's great. Um, then we've got... Michael Caban's The Escapist.
3: This is actually uh, a trade paperback that's more historical than anything else. The character of The Escapist has been around since 1934. um, Has gone through various existences and disappearances as comic companies were bought and they would carry the character for a bit and beyond the basic uh storyline is the escapist is an escape artist of course Mm -hmm. um who is a part of what's called the order of the golden key who are out trying to free all anyone who's oppressed and Um, imprisoned in any way in their life, they become the agents for doing that. Especially um, battling the Iron Chain, which is the bad guy group that's trying to subjugate the world. So the Golden Key um, group is their kind of nemesis that tries to stop them. And this this is especially interesting if you want the history of the escapist, because it takes stories from all time periods. Also gives you a historic overview of who the escapist is. Um, I found it fascinating because I could see, and I'll have to do some more research, but I could see this being the basis for a lot of things that come later. Hmm. Um, the magician with Dave, or Bill Bixby in the, what was it, the 70s is the same sort of concept. Um, the, um, uh, Mr. Miracle is much the same sort of concept. Um, now you see me is the same sort of concept of secret sort of organizations that are out there using, the or individuals using their magic to save the oppressed of the world and whatever. Um, It's kind of like, uh, I've always been fascinated by how Seven Samurai, the movie, Mm -hmm. has taken dozens of different forms, but all you can all trace them back to that one. It almost seems like all of them could come back to this, so I'll have to see if that was in the minds of people, but... um, some of the stories are really great. Cause the, these have also um there was a pair that began the um stories back in uh the thirties. Um let's see, it was uh uh Cavalier and Clay were the creators, the original creators of the Escapists, um, in the 30s. But since then there's been all kinds of people who have done the escapist that The character changes in shape and size and and focus in the story. Some some of the stories are great, some, but the concept fascinates me of an escape artist whose true um, reason for being is to set free those who are trapped in some way. And so you get interesting things where people are in prison who are falsely accused, who he gets out, uh, a McCarthy-like character who's accusing people of communism, who he assists it, you know, stops him from imprisoning people through overpowering them. And so there's all different kinds of ways he practices his art of helping people escape. And, um, I find it a fascinating book and a look at comics from long ago and where they go today.
1: <laughs> Good. Um, back over at Marvel, uh, Thanos number 16, which is part of the Thanos Wins, uh, storyline. This book is pretty insane. It all is about, you know, in a world in a future where Thanos has won, hence the title Thanos wins. And he basically King Thanos, a bearded Thanos, recruits his younger self to help him with the current threat in the future. And over the last couple issues, we've seen this King Thanos have a couple uh interesting uh partners. We have uh, a cosmic ghost rider which a couple issues ago, it's okay for me to say it now because it's issue 16, we found out the identity of the Cosmic Ghost Rider is none other than Frank Castle. (laughs) (laughs) And, yes, and if you're wondering, how does that happen? Well, we went two issues without knowing. Issue number 16 goes back to when Thanos finally won and destroyed everybody. And we see his interesting history, and I'll mention this character, not only as the Cosmic Ghost Rider on the cover, but we also have Galactus. So Galactus and a Frank Castle Ghost Rider are all part of this greater Thanos win story, which... Uh, there is publicist. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like Galactus
0: holding a giant... Gone of some Looks place. like a camera. Yeah, uh, you've never
1: seen Galactus run before, I don't think, because you see it in this comic. Where because normally he's just this giant embodiment over you know planets and yeah. you know
0: Galactus is packing heat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and it makes for just a crazy, wild, cosmic story that I love when they do this thing because they can just kind of since they're making up their own kind of future story that they can just do whatever you want, like make Frank Castle Ghost Rider. Um, connected with Galactus. But at the end of last issue, um, I'll reveal this because it was last month. Um, King Thanos was talking about, he needs young Thanos to help him with this oncoming threat. Uh, somebody known as the Fallen. And we got revealed that, uh, and I didn't know this until I flipped to the last page, but, uh, Silver Surfer is the, uh, the Fallen. But a very, uh, dark... So now you're color. really into this book. Yeah. Here's the image at the last page of the last one, a very uh, black and silver yeah. surfer. He's,
0: like a, he's not really silver anymore. He's a, he's a, he's he's a, a very, muddy, a
1: little crouched. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so when you throw in all of those crazy elements, but yeah, once again, this just goes back. This Most of the story just focuses on uh, how Frank Castle became this cosmic ghost rider which I think they announced he's getting his own series as well. And normally I wouldn't be sold on that. I don't. I've got nothing against the Ghost Rider, but I probably wouldn't have normally picked it up. But based off of this issue alone, I'm like, okay, I think I'm in. So, yeah, it, it's it's fun. So, uh, Thanos number sixteen. And,
0: and personality-wise, you'd think, yeah, I could see Punisher as being a Ghost Rider, but they did something a little different with the personality.
3: Yeah.
1: And there were some people wondering that when he revealed uh, a couple, an issue or two ago, um, our current Thanos, who's in this future timeline, had asked uh, the Ghost Rider, he's like, well, who are you really? What's your identity? Uh, what's your name? And he just said, Frank Castle. And Thanos, much like you questioning who Voyager is, he didn't know who that was, and he just kept walking by. But, uh, <laughs> who? Yeah, yeah. It's basically what he did. But this Cosmic Ghost Rider has a very similar humor to a Deadpool type of character. So that's what kind of left the mystery. And there's a lot of people wondering, did Deadpool maybe say he was Frank Castle to kind of cha- <laughs> you know, throw him off the course and whatever? Because um, Deadpool has fought Thanos and all that kind of stuff. So personality-wise, uh, that's still kind of out in the open. I mean, they give... actual backstory here so i guess but like i said that was a a popular theory a couple months ago when uh, it was a frank castle ghost rider with a deadpool type of humor (laughs) (laughs) makes for a crazy book Um, the last one i want to talk about is all new wolverine number 31 this is sort of a one-off issue we closed the storyline last month and this one so laura kinney who is the clone of wolverine logan And she has taken the mantle of Wolverine as that Wolverine had died a couple years ago, but now he's back, blah, blah, blah. But she is honoring her mentor Wolverine by taking up the mantle of Wolverine. She herself has been cloned, and one of her clones who has survived is a girl by the name of Gabby, who has taken on the superhero name of Honey Badger. And uh, (laughs) over like a year ago, maybe even two years ago. What's that? Does she care? Yeah. yeah. Um, she they they got a pet, a pet wolverine. And now this is where it gets
2: confusing.
1: It's a literal wolverine, a little wolverine, uh, a literal one named Jonathan. So this is a story about Gabby taking Jonathan out for a walk, and Jonathan the wolverine basically sniffs something out that leads them to this facility in which he had escaped from and he was part of this experiment. So Gabby wants to go into this facility and investigate, you know, what they're doing to these animals, what happened to Jonathan. And uh, I left out a very important part because she doesn't go in alone. She goes in with Deadpool. So they had a, a funny little friendship a couple issues back just out of pure randomness. This issue, and I... Not kidding when I say this. I just tweeted it out not too long ago. Uh, This already is going to be in the running for one of my very favorite standalone issues of 2018. Um, Yes, we're just entering month three, but I do keep a list of all these categories that I kind of put, you know, best limited series, best cover, best this, best writer, best artist, and week by week I throw them into these categories of something that really stands out. For instance, Thanos number 15 with the reveal of... uh, Silver Surfer at the end put in best last page reveal as a category I created. So, all new Wolverine number 31 is already in the running for uh best single comic, and that's a one and done story. So, it's
0: yeah, and yeah, if you went to mention that, I would have. This, uh, this would be a great place to jump on, and you know, if you consider checking out all new Wolverine or whatever, because you're not really getting in the middle of a big ongoing storyline. It's a a, a one time thing, so it's an issue that you pick up and you can choose to either continue or leave it alone. And
1: and even out even outside of Deadpool, there's a lot of comedy, so it's a very enjoyable issue on that level. I was laughing several times as Kurt was working at the computer, and I was just sitting there by myself laughing about you know seven or eight times while reading this. Now I did mention in the last review how the cover was misleading with the Lockjaw one uh Going back to the eugenic with the sloth on it, I will say this: If you didn't get your sloth fix there because the sloth wasn't in the book, there are zombie sloths <laughs> in all new Wolverine number thirty-one. That creates, you know what? I'll, 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 I'll use. I,
0: I, I've seen the Fending machine page. <laughs> I'll
1: use I'll use that page as a selling point to. uh the to people. the people around the table here. Yeah, to, the, uh, to those. So as Deadpool and Honey Badger and Jonathan, the actual Wolverine, the literal animal Wolverine, are uh, going through this facility, um, they're running down a hallway, and Deadpool goes, Ah, a zombie sloth. And then next panel, nothing. Next panel, okay, this could take a while uh, to be a threat. You want something from this vending machine? And she goes, Vengeance. And he goes, They have soda. She goes, Soda will do. And the whole time, you just see this zombie sloth obviously very slowly reaching out as they had time to conveniently stop at this uh, spinning machine. That's your one-page sell if that doesn't make you think. If that's not worth $3.99, I don't know what it is. <laughs> Sold me. There's yeah. one out there. I'm I haven't laughed this hard all week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's just uh, just a small taste of the greatness in there. So, but yeah, I mean, I've been loving the storyline, and they, while they have very serious stuff going on in this book, they definitely have those arcs. You know, while that was a very funny issue, couple, you know, last year, a couple months ago, there was a, a storyline where she was basically triggered to kill an entire town. So the book just goes back and forth between uh, the hilarity and the seriousness and it's just been a crazy book so that's all new Wolverine number 31 and if nobody else has anything to add I think we'll close it up for the non-spoiler section
0: and now the news
1: So, we have been talking about this big Avengers movie that's coming out in the beginning of may uh Marvel for the last ten years oh, so always has the first Saturday in May to release their There's big movie coming out. yeah yes yeah. yeah,
0: it's about uh uh these british um. <laughs> 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 like, Agents, Yeah, yeah, the, the, Avenger the Avengers. <laughs>
1: no, unfortunately, it's not that, but it's Avengers Infinity War, and in which was going to come out, uh, I think it was uh, like May 3rd, May 4th, you know, Star Wars Day, all of that fun stuff for a big explosive weekend that always ties in with free comic book day. But they decided, you know what? We're not going to make you wait those extra seven days by now releasing it on April 27th. This is something that normally doesn't what? happen. So, and here's. I was wondering about. Yeah, yeah. Well, a
0: couple possible reasons behind it, but I'll let you continue.
1: Yeah, so they put out a poster, and I follow all their social media, and they put out an Avengers poster that says, Everywhere, April 27th. And normally when these movies come out, uh, the UK and just international markets will somehow always get them like a week or two early. That's just how it's always been. Um, it's, it's weird. Like I got friends that live in different countries that I always tease about, all right, I'm going to fly there, go see the movie and fly back. Cause I don't want to wait, you know, another six days or so. So I'm like, well, somebody made a gigantic mistake by releasing that poster and saying everywhere rather than, you know, coming out in the UK. And then all of their other accounts started posting that too. And I'm like, what's going on here? And it all came from, uh, Marvel studios, Twitter account asking, you know, is there anything that, uh um that fans want from infinity war, you know, throw out your questions. And Robert Downey Jr. tweeted back and says, yeah, he's like, can I see it early? And they go, Well, okay, how about April 27th? He's like, that sounds cool. He's like, can I bring friends? And then the Marvel Studios account tweeted back, sure, and they take Chris Evans and Chadwick Boseman and Don Cheadle (laughs) and you know everybody that uses social media, Mark Ruffalo, everybody in the these Avengers movies and then he's like well that's cool but like any more and they're like okay how about this how about everybody and they announced that they April 27th globally <laughs> and what it will do is to help reduce spoilers now for something and like i said they do this for all the other movies where they would have a week or two gap that other people would see it before the us market and uh they said well with the anticipation of this film and probably going to be a lot of uh spoilerific happenings going on in that movie they said well instead of pushing it back to the U.S. date, why not just push it up so now April 27th or 26th being the Thursday night premiere everybody in the world uh you want to have to wait like two months till China or something that's usually what it what Mm -hmm. happens um so yeah Infinity War just got seven days closer
0: and there there were a couple other things that speculated that might have some you know some reasons you know that that they thought of when making this decision. Um, one of them being, um, well, the, the spoilers I think was a big one. So deciding to do it on the same date that it was being released in a lot of other countries. Um, but I think they were also looking at the release of some other movies that were close That's what I was because right behind its initial release date was. Um, was I got to think of what was, well, what came in? What well, Deadpool De- was Deadpool was like right on the tail. End. So this put another between e- 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 a little bit more time
1: because Deadpool it. was in a different month until they removed some things and then they they put Deadpool even closer to Infinity War.
0: Right. So that was right behind it. So this gives a little bit more time in between it. Um, you know, hoping to. In- Increase the chances of people to see it because a, lot a of people more will will uh, pick and choose what they're going to see when it comes to being close. But also, there's another Disney-owned property coming very close behind that, and that, of course, is Solo
1: mm-hmm. coming Memorial a Star Day. Star Wars story. That's
0: what I was about. So it also um, creates a little bit more of a gap between those two Disney properties coming out, so they're not competing with themselves. You know, at least so much.
1: And even for Force Awakens, Rogue One, and Last Jedi, all those movies when they originally announced them were set for May releases, but as it went closer, they said, oh, we're moving it to December, and they did that for all of those movies, but Han Solo is the only one, uh, from my knowledge, that they just kept at that date, and even though they knew that Infinity War was happening, that was in the works way before Han Solo was going to, yeah. So it was kind of interesting to kind of see that, but...
0: Well, they might have thought, yeah, we'll just say... Memorial Day eventually it's gonna get pushed back yeah. to December, but then it, you know <laughs> but then, yeah. <laughs> so
1: what I take out of this is that that's seven less days for us to wait, and uh Infinity War is even closer. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't I don't think you can argue How's with that? that. So um speaking of Marvel, they, we talked a lot about the Marvel fresh start. Um and uh we have some updates. Did say last week that we would give some updates with some of the stuff.
0: Um, DC's changes. There's there's not a lot of of updates to report. But um, Marvel wise, we do know now that we are getting some more number ones. Um, initially, like when they reported this, we knew okay we were going to get a brand new Avengers number one with a new lineup. Um, and for some reason they were doing a new Venom number one, even though Venom is one of the newest books that Marvel has. Um, granted they have a higher number because of the legacy numbering, but it's current, um, run is, is a new, fairly new book. So surprisingly they're resetting, relaunching the new number one. Um, so now we're, we're finding a a couple other books. Um, Amazing Spider-Man. We're getting a new number one um, that will be also with a new creative team. And I think with these new number ones, and that's the thing, they're they are completely shaking it up. New creative teams with the new number ones. I was um,
1: very to go off of Spider-Man. I was excited to see that after the dance lot run. You know, I was feeling I have most of his 10-year run of Spider-Man. been really enjoying it, so I've been curious, you know, who's taking it over. And uh, they announced that Nick Spencer, who uh, did The Secret Empire Story, has been writing both Steve Cap and Sam Cap over the last couple of years. He had a very hilarious run on Ant-Man a couple of years ago, as well as The Superior Foes of Spider-Man, which is a very uh, uh, popular book as well. So when you bring him in, he's a very uh, versatile writer. So when I saw his name attached to this, I was very happy that...
0: When I saw his name attached to it, there was a certain meme that came to mind, and it was the one, if you remember, when uh, Cap first, you know, was like, Hail Hydra, they had the other heads, you know, um, Deadpool, I hate chimichangas, Batman, (laughs) I killed my parents," and Spider-Man was, I'm trying to think what he actually said, like, something like,
1: Uncle Ben. I shot Uncle Ben or or something. It might have been something like that.
0: Um, but, uh, but yeah, I saw Spider-Man, and suddenly that meme was, like, right there, and I'm like, okay, now he's gonna do it.
1: (laughs) And then the artist that's coming along with it, Nick Spencer, is someone who just wrapped up, uh, very, I I don't know if he did the art for the whole thing, but he is attached to the Invincible, the Image series that just wrapped up with, like, 144 issues, something along that line, so he's jumping from Image over to, uh, Marvel, and he's, uh, taking over Spider-Man, so... I think he. I think that's a good, strong artist. He's coming off of a huge project and coming onto Spider-Man, so that's a good creative team change there. I think.
0: Yeah. Um, we also know that there will be Ryan a,
1: Otley. I think his name is
0: a new uh, Thor. Uh, it looks like it's just called Thor, not Mighty Thor or anything. Just Thor, um, which we already knew that Thor Odinson is taking back. You know, the, the name Thor. Uh, we knew this. Because it was solicited with the new Avengers number one, that he would be Thor in, in Avengers, uh, he's getting his own new number one for his his solo book as well. Um, it looks like there's going to be a new Black Panther book um, that I just kind of came across right as we were prepping for for the the meeting here.
1: Same con- uh, creative team, if I'm not mistaken. But, uh, that that I, I think know the writer That is the, the same.
0: writers the same. I don't know about artists, but that was the first thing said same uh, same writer continuing, uh, but they are doing a new number one. Um, we had questions because we're, we're not sure at this point, and the news might be out there, and we haven't found it yet, but, uh, you know, from, from No Surrenders, we just talked about Hulk is back. Um, the question is, can he be killed? Uh, is he immortal? So they're coming up with the Immortal Hulk number one. Now, what is that Tell us, you know, about uh, the current Hulk, uh, formerly the totally awesome Hulk. <laughs> Amadeus um, Cho. Amadeus Cho, who is now in the Incredible Hulk book. Um, so, uh, so that we're not sure that's up in the air, at least as far as I know, is what are they going to do? Are they going to have two Hulk books um, running side by side? Or will we see an end to the Amadeus Cho Hulk, you know, that at this point? We're not sure, um, but yeah, as there, uh, I, I think within the next week or two, we'll see more and more of these number one, you know, things popping up, and we'll find out what's being relaunched and and what's not. As someone who mainly
3: reads these things and doesn't follow the politics <laughs> at all, what's the point of going back to number one again versus just con- you know, especially
0: if there's not going to be a radical change in the storyline? Well, ever since uh, Marvel started doing this with, I think, Marvel Now was about the first time. Marvel
1: Now, and then all new Marvel Now. and yeah. Marvel Now, two point, yeah,
0: Marvel Then, Marvel Later.
1: Marvel Dot Now.
0: Um, but
3: Marvel Now, there were some major changes in the storyline, as I remember. So that makes sense if you're going to go in and, and kind of monkey with the entire universe in some way. Well,
0: they, Marvel has a, a brand new editor-in-chief. C.B. Sobolsky And, uh... They also, I think we're looking at sales-wise, and, and, and again, you know, I've said it before, I stand by this, I feel that legacy has not gone on long enough yeah. to say it's a success or it's a failure, but Marvel has deemed that it was not a success. And so rather than letting legacy play out um, and doing the things that legacy promised us, uh, they are ending legacy... And doing this Marvel Fresh Start. Marvel Fresh Start is such a uh, a confusing term for it, though, because when it was first announced, the first reaction was Marvel's rebooting. You know, they're doing. A- oh, <laughs> not that would be a disaster. <laughs> the terminology is always confused when they're, people are talking not.
1: about restarts and reboots and remakes. That continuity-wise, nothing has. Yeah, nothing. In
0: continuity is continuing on
1: as it's always been.
0: Um, then there was some confusion on legacy numbering. It's, they're getting rid of legacy numbering. No, they're not getting rid of it. What it seems to be is they will continue the legacy numbering with the new numbering on some books is what they're saying. So which books will have it, which books won't. I don't know. Um, I like the idea because, um, I said, even when they did the legacy numbering, um, Back in, I I want to say later 90s, Marvel had done that with some of their books, some of the books that had restarted after, like like Heroes Reborn and stuff like that. They had new numbering because it was a new, you know, volume, but just for people who are long-term readers, they put a smaller number below that was what we now call legacy numbering. Mm -hmm. And that way you knew where it fit in with the rest of your collection. Um, And so it's... If they are going to do it, it's nice if they're going to keep that, you know, numbering on there, so you can go, okay, where does this fit in with everything else? Because that's one of the problems that that they had the legacy numbering is they're like, okay, well, we've got like this volume, we got like you know, twelve to twenty issues,
1: and we need, and to, then
0: another number one, and where do they fit together? Let's include this reverse. just
1: so we can up the numbers, and
0: I, you know, so uh, I guess I'm just. Confused
3: overall. Why did the legacy number failing? I don't. In some ways, I don't care what they number the
1: books. (laughs) I I mentioned that last week, where like while it can be confusing when you're trying to like sell it and you know tell people where to jump on. I had said that to him. Like I follow the writers and the characters, and you know that stuff continues on. You know, I guess whatever they number it is, you know,
3: it always makes me frightened though because it seems like when. Like, in D.C., when they started messing with it, you had continuity breaks and changes and everything else in there that went along with, you know, this kind of, we have to, you know,
1: do this new thing.
3: And new always seems to be a catchword for somehow altering what's going on. Yeah, new
1: new isn't (laughs)
3: always better, either. Um, Yeah, and it's not. That's
1: and a lot of it was just the timing of the you know, when you get a new editor chief at the beginning of the year 2 months into mm-hmm. like your current you're the last person's you know initiative and stuff that he probably came in being like well this is I'm in charge now this is what yeah. I'm doing kind of like anywhere
0: you work you know yeah. like you, you work at a store somewhere or whatever you get a new manager new manager you know fresh out of school or whatever still wants to come in and go hey well, that's the old way it was doing, but I'm in charge now, and I want to, I've got these no big simple. ideas, I'm, right, whether it's a good idea or not, it's a new person coming in, and they want to put their, their stamp, stamp on, on it, okay.
1: But yep, yeah, you know, the main thing, once again, continuity doesn't change, it's just, ignore those numbers there, and, uh. Read the books you want, anyway. <laughs> Pretty much. And the
4: number one might draw new, new readers, See? too.
1: <laughs> Um, and speaking of number ones, we're going to talk about the previews for May. If you're unfamiliar with the previews catalog, um, it's a giant catalog that shows up here at Crimson Coel, uh once a month, in which it'll be for uh, two months out for pre-orders, including comics and collections and action figures and apparel. Um, this is a great way to see what's coming out and kind of things that we're going to highlight here. And if you'd like to build a pull list at the store, we talked uh, in depth about that last week, I think it was, in which you kind of go through and uh, tell us what you want and uh, rather, you know, send it through Facebook, tell them in the store in person, you know, write out a sheet, however you want to fill that out, uh, feel free to do so. And when you follow a certain amount of titles, you will uh, qualify for different tiers of books, which will go to uh, discounts. So uh, ask about all those details if you're interested in starting a subscription pull list. Not only does it reserve your copy here at uh, Crimson Call without it selling out on the shelf, it also tells the publisher and the writers and the artists and the editors being like you're pre-ordering Avengers number one and they know all right you know this person has reserved a copy and it kind of shows your support to those books. So we're going to start with uh, the Marvel catalog here. As I kind of highlighted a couple things, um, anyone feel free to jump in. But the majority of the Marvel catalog, uh, the beginning is usually all of the new stuff. Um, so I'll just kind of go through this. We talked about uh, some of this already. But starting in May, we have Avengers number one. New creative team, new lineup, and coming out of the, uh, the aftershock of the events of uh, No Surrender. Uh, but yeah, we talked about that. So Avengers number one and two are available for uh, pre-ordering and they do have some uh, some little info on the the creative team, writer Jason Aaron who's been working on Thor for several years and art by Ed McGuinness so you get a little uh, backstory there you see some interior art and previews for upcoming in Avengers number one which will be hot off the tail of the release of the uh, Avengers Infinity War so if you wanna jump into some Avengers comics what better way to start than an Avengers number, number one? one. Uh, Black Panther number one we talked about as well. as uh, We have some information on the creative team there. Venom number one uh, mentioned as well. Donny Cates, who uh, kind of kicking, uh, kicking it off over in the Independence with his series, has jumped over to Marvel, has been writing Doctor Strange, been writing the Thanos book I talked about, and now he's jumping over to uh, Venom. Let's say the symbiote has taken over. And now he's forced to write uh, the Venom book. Um, So you get some uh, history. Uh, Ryan Stegman, who was a legendary uh, Amazing Spider-Man artist, um, they're taking over that book. Uh, As Infinity Countdown is carrying on, we are getting the uh, continuing issues of uh, the five-issue limited series, which has some tie-ins. So we're going to get Captain Marvel, Daredevil, Darkhawk, uh, all of those are getting some tie-in issues, uh, so I know I have those pre-ordered. So we can talk about, probably you know, chime in and out of Infinity Countdown, and we already kind of talked about it already. Um, there's some more things to kind of I get excited. Darkhawk for a while. Yeah, yeah, and he he's got some of these are just one shots, and he's got four issues. I think he's the only character that has a has a longer mini series within Infinity Countdown. So that makes it even more interesting that character that has not been seen in a while uh, is coming back with a splash.
0: Yeah, because looking at it, these other number ones are just number ones. There's not number one of four or anything. It's just a one-shot.
1: The uh, Hunt for Wolverine, which uh, started, uh, there was a one-shot in April, um, is now going to kick into gear with uh, some more limited series. Yeah,
0: this is going to be about like the uh, Infinity stuff going on, where you're going (laughs) to have all these different different. (laughs) And Hunt for Wolverine yeah. spinoffs, and a lot of these, though, are four-issue minis. Yeah.
1: We have uh, Weapon Lost, we have Edimentium Agenda, Clause of a Killer, and Mystery in Madripoor. Um, A lot of those being like, okay, I don't want to read all these, but then I started seeing the creators working on them, some names I like, from Charles Soule to Jim Zub to Tom Taylor. And uh, just when I thought I was going to skip Clause of a Killer number one, because I'm Nothing against Amariko uh, Tamaki and Butch Geist, but the character lineup. I'm like, eh, I'm not really into that at all. But when you flip one more page, you see there's connecting Where's Wolverine variant covers. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, so I'm now going to order, uh, I was going to do three of the four number ones in those Hunt for Wolverine spin-offs. Now I'm going to do all four of them, and I pre-ordered the variant covers because it's a giant, like, Here's every character in the Marvel universe. Uh, me and Wolverine. Yeah. Uh, me and Kurt. When we looked at this on uh, Wednesday, I was like, "Whoa, wow! Look at this!" He came out behind the desk. He went to go take a look. I'm just looking where Surfer was at first. He was looking for Wolverine, and about he's like, "Oh, this is gonna take." Up oh, there he is. And he, and he pointed him out. But it's just a gorgeous art piece yeah, uh, by Todd, Yeah, <laughs> by Todd uh, Newick, I believe how you say his name. But uh, that's something that may not be available normally, um, but you can pre-order it. That way, you can secure it. Cause well, sometimes I found a
2: series
1: with it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> 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 a couple, of holds. A couple splashing around there. We'll have another where's this character in a, in a couple pages here. Uh, Amazing Amazing Spider-Man number eight hundred, which I believe is the penultimate issue to Dan Slott's anniversary, you know, ten year conclusion for go down swinging so i think he is riding out to issue 801 um so that one will be a pretty big uh, fantastic release that'll be coming out and then deadpool uh kurt you are is. deadpool well, that's great <laughs> well right before that one though he has his uh issue 300 yep. Which, there's a wraparound variant, which is called 300 Deadpools. <laughs> so while you were looking for just a couple Wolverines and that last splash, this one is nothing but Deadpools. But, Deadpools. Um, but yeah, so Despicable Deadpool is getting his big, gigantic 300 issue. Um, Iron Man is celebrating issue 600. And then, as Kurt dad mentioned, You Are Deadpool, <laughs> which is a five-issue series that is shipping weekly beginning in May. And what this is... It is basically a choose-your-own-adventure role-playing comic book, which, leave, leave it to Deadpool to create that. <laughs> but yeah, you look at that, and uh, at first I'm like, I don't... I get the normal... Wow, and you
3: get your own fold-up dice as
1: part of the... Oh! <laughs> Great marketing uh, right there. But yeah, it's it looks really fun, so... Um, I think that's going to be one that will be... And it's a five-issue mini. comes out weekly. So if you aren't following the the Despicable Deadpool series, which involves more continuity, you can pick up um, this Deadpool book and just get all the fun. (laughs) And we're coming off the heels of uh, Captain America 700. But then this was interesting with S.H.I.E.L.D. um, number one. Apparently, uh, back in uh, many years ago which I'm trying to get what the year is here. Back in 2011, uh, the creative team created S.H.I.E.L.D. issues number 1 through 4, and apparently it stopped there and they never got to finish telling their story until now. So they're reissuing 1 through 4 in a giant, oversized, number 1, 96 page 599 comic, which is four issues in one. And then they're continuing this story with issues number five and six. So Jonathan Hickman returns to the Marvel Universe uh, with Dustin Weaver. Jonathan Hickman did the big Secret Wars. That was his uh, his finale out of the Marvel Universe, went on to some creative work. So it's kind of interesting that they're uh, reviving a series that never actually got to be finished at all. Um, once again, if there's anything that uh, you see in the Marvel uh, catalog here, please. Jump out and say it. After no surrender, we saw that Quicksilver was one of the first to go. Yeah, um, he gets uh, his he own. Gets his own book now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> a five-issue limited series called Quicksilver No Surrender, number one. Seeing he took one for the team, they figured they'd give him a book. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, April, yeah, that was the least they could do for him. April is going to see the finale of uh, Jane Foster as Thor, as we've been leading up to the death of Thor. A very emotional series that i am not ready to let go well they make you buy one more comic for 4.99 because we're going to get mighty thor at the gates of valhalla number one uh so looks like we're going to kind of get our you know one extra issue out of you know and i haven't been reading any of the you know solicits and seeing what it is because i don't want to know anything beyond (laughs) when i open up those books Um, I'm skipping over to X-Men Red, annual number one. This is jumping to uh, page 68. Uh, uh, David had mentioned uh, over a month ago, when we were talking about the the Phoenix Resurrection, how the jump from Phoenix Resurrection finale to X-Men Red number one, there was like, hey, there's a lot of stuff that we kind of missed with Jean reacting to the people around her, kind of brought her back here. And they had revealed that it was going to be all taken care of in an annual, which will be uh, available right there in may. so if you're looking for that Phoenix resurrection aftermath, it seems like the annual will yeah, be the a place good... to go yeah yeah um we are prepping this we're not going to release too much news, so this would be a little teaser but uh x men gold number uh oh not that one x men wedding special number one page seventy seven Uh, We've announced that Kitty Pryde and Colossus, after uh, like 40 years of will-they-won't-they, on-and-off-again relationship... Will! Yes! (laughs) They're leading up to this wedding special, which uh, brings back X-Men legendary writer Chris Claremont. Um, So yeah, this is going to be a one-shot issue that is uh, just going to be the primer for the June release. And when they do the wedding issue, which I think is X-Men Gold number 30, we here at the store had been formulating... A very big event to celebrate that, so stay tuned to social media, stay tuned to the podcast. Um, We have some fun surprises. I know that uh, Kurtstad has something that I think I have queued up to.
3: Star Wars The Last Jedi adaptation is starting out, so if you're interested in picking up the... Star Wars Last Jedi, this
1: is it. And what's good about those, I picked up the Rogue One and The Force Awakens. They kind of give you deleted scenes, stuff that you don't, won't see on the Blu-rays and things from the original script that they adapt in the comic book. So uh, while you think you're just seeing a condensed version of the movie in six issues, they actually throw in a couple things that uh, can kind of surprise you. And there's a gorgeous cover there by Mike Demondo there. Yeah, so... And right before that one... Um, I know these I'm not familiar with them, but I know they're famous for people that maybe are it was part of like the old canon. These characters of Tag and Bink. Mm-hmm. Um they are it's one of the things that is being ushered into official canon. And I think a reprint, right? um I think this is I am not sure. Uh looks like they're collecting some stuff here. And uh yeah, I think you're right there. So for $7.99, they have 104 pages there. Um, collecting Star Wars Taken Bank are dead, number 1 and 2. Star Wars Taken Bank 2, number 1 and 2, and material from Star Wars Tales, number 12. Um, I don't know much about these characters. I first heard about them because apparently there's some tease that they might actually be part of the Han Solo movie. Could be. So the scene's coincidental here. Speaking of the Han Solo movie, uh, we have... uh, Uh, Donald Glover, who is going to be playing a young Lando Calrissian, and you see this in the gorgeous art for a Star Wars Lando, double or nothing, number one of five. Um, I'm in for all the Star Wars comics. I've really enjoyed all these miniseries and ongoings, and uh, obviously they're going to be, they did a Lando, a Billy D. Williams Lando um, series uh, a couple years ago when the, yeah, it was so good. So I'm excited to see what they're going to do with uh, the young Lando as we get ready for that Memorial Day of uh, release of Han Solo. It's also
3: interesting with the wedding of Kitty and um, Oh yes. Peter coming up, they also are releasing <laughs> the hardcover trade of... The wedding of Cyclops and Phoenix. That's right. Just in right. case you want to get do all wedding months.
1: So. <laughs> yep. Get into that <laughs> wedding season there. Um, yeah, a lot of good stuff. But yeah, when you look at uh, the back of the Marvel catalog, they always have all these collections of old and new stories that are available for pre order. Uh, some of the stuff is ordered for the shelf, but because there's you know hundreds of comics that come out weekly, you can't order everything. And that's why uh, you feel free to go through the previews, take a seat on the couch and flip through and uh, see what catches your eye. Or if you come in and say, hey, I want to get into Guardians of the Galaxy, where do I read? Well, uh, we can kind of direct you to that. So uh, the previews is a pretty good catalog for all that stuff. Ant-Man and the Wasp is a movie coming up in uh, July, I believe. So coming out in June, they have Ant-Man and the Wasp Adventures Digest. So for $9.99, there's 112 pages of some classic Ant-Man and Wasp stories, stories which can kind of get you geared for the movie which um, pretty much everybody's going to go see anyway So sure the comic origin story will be there will be some differences yeah. and, yep, yep that's for sure but uh, it's always fun to kind of see, see what where, they do in the comics yeah what they, what they change
2: the question for you so yes. I saw this Wolverine Savage Origins trade paperback and yes. the authors are Ben Acker and Ben Blacker who yes. I love from the Thrilling Adventure Hour how long yes. have they been writing Wolverine when <sighs>
1: See, to me that sounds like it's something from years past. Okay. And, yeah. But to hear their names sounds like it would be something more recent. Yeah,
2: they've just started doing
1: that. Yeah, so uh, that that's news to me. Mm-hmm. I know they've written a couple of comics here and there. Um, and That usually, one
3: may be relatively... Because what they start out with in the back in the, um, the two thousand three is the closer oh. ones. Oh. And then as you go further back, you tend to get more ones that are... More sure. further past,
1: yeah. So it's crazy that 15 years ago, apparently, they were writing this, yeah. and that was huh. not, I meant, yeah. Um, I, meant to buy it. I had no idea,
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. It's uh, the CLZ comics app that I know we talk about here and there. If you type in Ben Acker, Ben Blacker on there, it'll probably just give you, like, oh, here's all the comics they've been doing because. I know they've dipped in and out with like doing some one shots and there might be some Deadpool in there somewhere that they've written, but, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, yeah, that's interesting there, so.
2: Did you see the
1: Silver Surfer collection? Yeah, I, I did. <laughs> you probably have the hardware. But he has already. them all. Well, <laughs> I saw that. I looked at what it collected. I'm like, yep, I have all the individual issues. And there are some times when I end up picking up yeah. the collected versions too. And So you can
3: leave the other ones safe and sound. Yeah, Just yep. read that. But it did, it
1: did catch my eye because I'm like, ooh, what's in here? But honestly, I do own every uh, self titled appearance of Silver Surfer. From 1968 until uh, you know a couple months ago when the series wrapped up, the master. So yeah, I would be surprised if there's something if they have some missing chapters. I am going that. to slip off, everyone. Okay. Have a wonderful have a take care. Week, everyone. Thank you, thank you.
3: Have a good night.
1: <laughs> and uh, and while it may seem fast paced, and you know I always kind of race against the clock, but also you know once again feel free to interrupt me. That was great, just because I'm like always on this hyper like all right we're getting to this. Because we're moving to the giant catalog, which I've got some uh, bookmarks here. Um I didn't see anything in Dark Horse that caught my attention. Um anything that you guys thought or had dog eared? I saw both of you kind of prepping, which is good. I
4: can't remember if it was dog. Because <laughs>
1: that gives me a, a breath here and there. Yeah. But yeah, nothing in dark horse yes, that kind of dark caught horse, my attention.
4: I did pick one. Yes. It's Blackwood. Uh it is a 104. It is a Four teenagers with a haunted past enroll in Blackwood College, a school that trains students in the occult. Their desires to enhance their supernatural abilities and bond with others is hampered by an undead dean's curse, ghosts in their dorm, and a, a mischievous two headed mummy chimp. A plague of mutant insects and the discovery of an ancient evil that forces our heroes to undergo a crash course in the occult for the sake of the world.
1: And a four-issue miniseries, I always promote these being, like, you have an independent story, they have their, you know, start, beginning, and end, and, you know, they they could come back for, like, another volume, this and that, but those are the comics I'm always kind of attracted to, just being, you know, the commitment-wise is not that big. Commitment,
4: commitment, and...
1: Yeah, a lot of times it could be, oh, it's a number one, and they're like, hey, maybe we'll do 20, or maybe it'll get canceled, but... It, I, I always.
4: If the quality drops off, you don't feel bad dropping. <laughs> yeah, and.
1: and, and uh, But yeah, so that's a good limited series that's starting off with Dark Horse. Um, if there's nothing else from there, I'm going to jump over to DC, which I have a couple things flagged. They some
2: cool Game of Thrones quote magnets that I really would like.
1: Is that under the Dark yeah, Horse one? Oh, yeah, they got that, Earth. and they yeah. got the yeah. map. And, and the map is amazing. gorgeous. Yeah, it's
2: <laughs> just fantastic. Yeah, if you're
1: a Game of Thrones fan, and you, the last. Like, you wouldn't expect, oh, I'm going to get my Game of Thrones stuff at a comic book store, because, you know, yeah, they do have adaptations and things like that, but that's not normally your go-to, but you'd be surprised that yeah. yeah. all of the Game of Thrones stuff you can get through a comic shop.
2: And a lot of them, I... I mean you can get Game of Thrones at a lot of places these days but I feel like the comic book previews have items that I've not seen yeah, in yeah. other places which is quite nice.
1: That's just it when there's so much product out there you know you can't over order everything so when you look through the catalog you can just say here order me that yeah. that might not be I I can tell you that you know there might be one or two Game of Thrones things that they'll throw up on the shelves there but you know a good majority of it there's just never enough budget and room to Become a Game of Thrones store. Yeah, <laughs> put on a wing of Game of Thrones <laughs> to the Crimson Call. Uh, DC catalog kicks off with DC Nation number zero, which is going to be three brand new tales that are only going to be printed in this book. They're not. Gonna, they're saying they're not going to be reprinted until like you know a couple of years down the road. and Then they'll reprint it, but they're telling us that they're not going to. Um, but what's interesting is that. They have a lot of people uh, attached to this, Uh, three individual stories by a lot of big creators, a Batman wedding prelude, um, Justice League No Justice prelude, which we'll talk about soon, Uh, a bunch of other things. But what's interesting, three stories, you're thinking, how much is this going to cost me, right? What if you only had 25 cents plus tax? Um, Well, you could purchase DC's Nation number zero. So this is something that uh, might be a nice little primer. Uh, It's a one-shot primer uh, for some upcoming DC books. And imagine
0: how affordable that is if you pre-order so much stuff that you get like a 10% discount (laughs) or something like that, you know?
1: (laughs) Exactly. You save
4: two and a half cents. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, And one of those uh, short stories in there is the prelude to Justice League No Justice, which this is the weekly event, am I right? Yep.
0: Yeah, and I've uh, outside the club. I've talked to you a little bit yes. about this potentially being a a, a club pick, um, and I thought it went longer, but it looks like it actually only goes four issues.
1: Yeah, wi- and but it doesn't it's, look it's weekly like for one month. And it doesn't look like there's tie-ins. Uh, yeah, at least for this first one. So I would agree too that maybe we should nominate this as a club pick. So if people are interested,
0: um, I think right. it's, it's it. Should have an effect on the Justice League books, the Titans books, uh, Teen Titans, um, and what's going on with that. Or the lack of those books in, Mm -hmm. you know, potentially... What happens to them in the future, yes.
1: So if anyone's listening and they don't uh, reach like a a subscription tier in the, the pull list... Uh, club picks are offered at uh, a discounted club price. So, if you are interested in Justice League No Justice, but uh, maybe you aren't buying a bunch of comics to kind of reach like a discount, issues one through four would be part of the club pick. Like I said, not sure if it's going to be a second month of titles, but I guess we can at least say it for this. Right, and I
0: think it, I think it actually had said in there. Um, it is a four it, issue it does mini. say four, four issue mini in there. Um, and the deal is. You know, We've got the club when we do club picks. Um, we, if it's a club pick book, anybody that's a member of the book has a 10% off of that book. Um, and uh, so uh, you might be wondering, well, how do I join this club? Uh, it, it's actually pretty easy, you just kind of uh, <laughs> start hanging out with us. Yeah, uh, um, anybody can join, you can join at any time. We just ask that you. Participate, you know. From from time to time, we understand that not everybody's available every Saturday when we do the club. Um, we do have a, uh, a a private club Facebook page where we discuss what we're going to talk about upcoming and some other stuff in there. Um, so we can you know, have you join the page and, and uh, or that that Facebook group, I should say. Um, and there's, there's different ways to participate beyond uh, showing up to the club membership, or to the, the club meetings. Um, but, uh, yeah, and just actively participating uh, periodically in the club gets you the 10% discount on the club picks.
1: And I saw that Jim dog-eared something that I was going to talk about, so on page 92... Uh, Harley Quinn.
0: Harley loves
4: Joker, numbers one and two. It's a follow-up to... Uh... Story that appeared in the Harley Quinn series last year, um, and it's Paul Dini, once again, writing yes. Harley Quinn.
1: co-creator of Harley Quinn back in the animated series, right. and uh, yeah, so that was a, um, that's a nice little uh, addition to the releases in May. I saw it my first book through and was a little bit leery
4: about it until I saw it was another limited series, and yep. that, that'll make me jump into it.
1: And then when you have a name of Paul Dini coming back yes. to the character, that's a that's a nice sell, too. I didn't have anything else for the other books in D.C., but I was... And feel free to jump in if anyone did. But I did mention on page, uh, page 154, we're talking about Doomsday Clock here at the club... Um, there aren't a lot of, uh, Watchmen toys out there. Like, you know, there's a couple figures and Vina mates, however you say them. Yeah,
0: there there have been past some some of the DC action figures where they've released Watchmen characters. There have been a few out there. Even now with Doomsday Clock, um, some of the stuff you see some kind of reissues or whatever for the, the classic, you know, Watchmen characters. Um, but there's a difference between what you're about to talk about and some of those things.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, in addition to those classic characters, as you're reading Doomsday Clock, you see uh, our brand new characters, um, the Mime and Marionette that we've been talking about. And in perfect marketing, strategic move here, instead of buying the Mime and Marionette in their own two-pack, because you know, that would make a lot of sense, because uh, these are all offered in a two-pack, by the way, um, they of course split them up. So if you want them you also have to buy uh you're getting the comedian and Rorschach too, which you know, nothing wrong with those characters as well. But if you're interested in the mime and uh it's kinda like a build a figure where everybody wants Groot, but in order mm-hmm. to get Groot you gotta buy three other toys you don't want to get Groot's arm and his leg and torso and so yeah, they, they have the new Doomsday. And of course clock. there's
0: always one of those figures that you can't find anywhere. Yeah. Yep. But uh this isn't an issue because this, you only have to get two two-packs to yeah, get yeah. those two figures that should go together, and you can pre-order them.
1: That is true. Um, I saw that uh, Jim has something set up there. Um, under the DC's
4: Young Animal imprint, um, in the past few weeks, we have talked a little bit about their um, DC Young Animal crossover, The Milk Wars. mm mm-hmm. um, for the June previews, they are listing the trade paperback which is collecting all of those issues together. Um, and let's see, let's go through it, there's the JLA Doom Patrol crossover, the Mother Panic Batman special, the Shade, the Changing Girl, and Wonder Woman special, Cave Carson Has a Cybernetic Eye Swamp Thing crossover, and the Doom Patrol JLA special. Um, I did read the Mother Panic Batman, and that was very interesting, so it makes me interested to read the rest of those, and since I can get them in a the collection, I think I will do
1: so. There you go, and that comes out in May. Uh, over in IDW, I think if we're done with DC, um, if you're a fan of uh, Star Trek... This is coming ad- out in June. Oh, June. Oh, it's an v- advance yeah. solicit. Okay. Yeah, sometimes they'll do that, where even though the main catalog's for May, but yeah, there'll be a couple... So that way you can have it uh, set aside for you. Over in uh, IDW, if there's nothing left in D.C., uh, Star Trek fans, you got some new stuff coming in there. Uh, My Little Pony has a new number one, uh, Ponyville Mysteries. So uh, there's a kids' section here Crimson Call, which uh, many different uh, My Little Pony books are out there, so if you're always looking for a good spot to jump on, rather than jumping into, like, volume 14 of, a, of another series... Uh, Friendship is magic. Uh, Ponyville Mysteries is another highlight for your uh, kid readers out there.
0: Yep, uh, great uh, great idea to, to pre-order. If, you, if you've if you got kids or you yourself are a fan, perhaps you're a brony, yes, um, yes. that's great. Um, we, we do have a, a few issues on the All Ages rack. Um, Move to the brand new, updated All Ages rack in the store.
1: There was a... Uh A young girl in here today on Saturday that was very excited to get the next issue of My Little Pony as well as uh, some Moon Girl and uh, and some Goosebumps as well. So she uh, found uh, many a stuff over there. So yeah, that's uh, good stuff there. Um, Anything else in there?
2: Uh, I have one from IDW. It's actually issue number two. I've subscribed to number one. the X-Files, which I love. And this new series is called The X-Files Case Files. First uh story arc is called Florida Man. And um first of all, I like the cover because it's got like a very like mid-century B horror movie kind of vibe going on with it. Um it's also special because it's the 25th anniversary of The X-Files this year. Um so this book is kind of celebrating that, getting into the spirit of the monster of the week episodes. And a little note Um, we're talking about following writers, Delilah S. Dawson is writing it. You might know her name from some of the Star Wars comics. Um, She did uh, Captain Phasma, the lead-up to The Last Jedi, both the comic book adaptation and the kind of origin storybook. She was pretty cool, so I'm excited about that.
1: Cool, cool, cool. At the end of the IDW there, uh, one of my favorite artists, uh, Michael Allred, has his uh, creator own series of madman now this is something that I saw him promote on a social media um, it's an expensive uh, 25th anniversary almost 500 pages limited to 999 copies that do come in uh, signed and numbered and packed in a deluxe slipcase of madman now I have a lot of the madman in trade so this is him kind of picking his favorite uh, stories over the years but what's interesting in part of this uh, collection is that there's a flip book illustration as you flip through the pages? It's the lead character of Madman, like running and leaping and somersaulting, and it all exists if you're just flipping the big giant 500-page book. Um, so yeah, it's it's one of those things. It is priced uh, at uh, 125 bucks, but it's 500 pages and it's got this limited thing and there's some uh, uh, some autographs as well. So yeah, that's. Uh, I think that might close it up for IDW. Um, now, uh, we will be leading into a game night here, so I wonder if we should... I know we have some things dog-eared for follow-on, but I think we'll uh, press pause.
0: Yeah, well, you know, we can always uh, do a follow-up. we got one more week and do, uh, do the second half of the previews.
1: Yep, yep. So And that gives you uh, more time, too, to go through it and uh, get your picks and build your pull list, bring your list to the club, and share the things that you want to talk about.
0: There is one last little thing, because I said I didn't have a DC update, and I don't have it from me, so I don't have the details, but um, I can I can add to this, perhaps next week follow up on it, but uh, Neil Gaiman is uh, back to work at DC. You Did got you somebody's attention. <laughs> no, no, I, I just... I have. Have, has, have you guys seen this yet? Oh, the Sandman stories um, They're doing uh, its, it's, it's <laughs> own universe? imprint. It's, the yep. Sandman universe is getting its own DC imprint. So, how many books are going to be in there? I don't know, but he is actually part of it. So, um, if you're if you're, <laughs> if you're a reading or fan of maybe writing any of his so-called. work, um, that's something to look forward to coming up in in DC.
1: Good, good, good. So yeah, we'll return here next week with issue number 18, in which we will uh, talk about the next chapter of the Avengers No Surrender and Spoilers. Go around the table with all of our favorite uh, books of that week, as well as dip back into the previous catalog, which once again are available. There's always a store copy here. So feel free to uh, come in on your uh, time off and kick back on the couch and flip through and look into some of these recommendations if you're excited um, to pre-order some comics and... uh, jump in and that's the great way to do it Uh, we're going to sign off here so this whole time I've been Anthony I'm still David I'm Katie and I've been Jim to be (laughs) hokinude thanks for listening
0: the Crimson Cowl Comic Club is recorded live from Crimson Cowl Comics and Collectibles at 1749 Barton Avenue West Bend, Wisconsin. For more information, visit us online at www.crimsoncowl.com.